Aloha! You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 148. This episode is sponsored by Tandawai Rum, the world's largest rum producer and winner of over 170 international medals in the past four decades. Check out their webpage at tandawaiusa.com or follow them on Facebook or Instagram at tandawaiusa. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly t-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program, where they offer a discounted 3, 6, or 12-month plan. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit tikibartshirtclub.com. Today we chat with Mark Sellers and Martin Kate to learn all about Max's South Seas Hideaway. Max's is unlike any tiki or Polynesian bar or restaurant that's opened in the last five decades. It harkens back to the days when a Polynesian bar or restaurant was a grand space, similar to the Polynesian palaces of yesteryear, like the Kahiki, the Maikai, or the Kona Kai. Hear about what it took to bring this venture to life and what the future holds for this spectacular space. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a good rating. Doing so helps people find the show and boost our presence. Also, subscribing makes it easier for you to follow our adventures, and subscribers always get new releases first. You can find previous episodes at our website, desertoasisroom.com as well as links to our social media, along with links to our guests' websites and their social media. Okay, let's get into this. Grab a cocktail and join us inside Max's South Seas Hideaway with our friends Mark Sellers and Martin Kate. We are back with another episode of Inside the Desert Oasis Room, and we are recording this one live from Max's South Seas Hideaway in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I've got a treat for you guys. I am here with Mark Sellers and Martin Kate, the two guys who put this place together for us. Welcome, Mark and Martin. Hey, how you doing? Did I say Mark? Mark. Whatever. Mark. It's fine. Mark we know, and we Martin. Know who we are. I'll be cool. Mark. <laughs> okay. Be Mark. He can be Mark. Mark. I'll be Mark. I'll be Mark. Martin. Martin. I don't even know where to start. So let me get our our listeners up to speed. This is day two for me. Because I spent the whole first day just enjoying myself in this spectacular space. And I don't use the word spectacular lightly. I was telling Martin when he was giving me the tour last night that, you know, Martin and I have known each other for almost 20 years. We go way back to the beginning. We've seen a lot of stuff. I've seen a lot of stuff, right? From old bars, new bars, home bars, you name it. And it takes a lot to impress me now because of what I've seen. And this space more than impresses me. So congratulations, you guys. I mean, this is really Thank amazing. Thank you. Thank you. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My first thought was, 
wow, we don't see spaces like this anymore, right? The Tiki Bar from back in the day, the mid-century spaces that we all celebrate and enjoy, those are these big grand palaces like the Kahiki and the Maikai and even some of the Trader Vic's locations, maybe mm-hmm. some of the older ones. Sure. The Konakai that had mm-hmm. running water and bridges and things like Absolutely. that. We've nowadays, got yeah, nowadays that people are building bars that, and I understand like it's a different world today and people are minimizing their risk, but this harkens back to the old days, to that old style. That was really the goal from day one. I think when Mark and I started talking about this almost three years ago, it was, I, I, I can remember Mark saying, there's, he said, I don't want to do this unless we move the needle. Yeah, and that was really the uh, and that was yeah, really we decided that right from the beginning that we didn't just want to do a tiki bar. We wanted to do the tiki bar, or at least attempt to do the tiki bar yeah. in the modern era. And, least, uh, yeah, attempt to go back to the scale. Yeah, we've all we've all I've, I own a bunch of bars already, and Martin owns a bunch of bars, and we just didn't want to just do another bar. Right, right. We've already got those, and that shaped a lot of the decision making for uh, over the last two and a half years as we looked at locations around the United States and we you know what kind of venue would actually meet the square footage requirements, the, the 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 actual layout of the space requirements, and we were in in a lot of markets around the U.S. looking for appropriate venues and. And, you know, it just so happened uh, that uh, this venue here actually fit a lot of the bills, ticked a lot of the boxes. And let's start with that vision, because when you say the appropriate score footage, yeah, what did you guys have in mind from this start? Well, it, it evolved and changed several times as we were planning it. But, I mean, at various points, we had discussed the possibility of having a distillery as part okay. of it. We discussed... Having a hotel as part of it, that was an idea that... Separate building, like a hotel and a Possibly a separate building. But that yeah. actually, that was an idea that kind of came and went and then came back again. So yeah. we're still doing the hotel, which is great. Yeah. Um, the distillery was deemed to be far too complicated. Um, we would so, have had to do it in either New Mexico or Arizona. Yeah, <laughs> basically, for, yeah. For various reasons. For legal, lots of legal reasons. Related, yeah. So a lot of that kind of changed, but I mean, the one thing that never really changed was the notion of the scale and the notion of really in order to have the kind of square footage to celebrate art on the scale, we wanted to celebrate it. Yeah. Yeah. What's the square footage here? 17,000. 17,000. Yeah. Now that includes the third floor, which is the Airbnb part that we haven't built out yet. So if you take that away, it's 13,000. So for our listeners, just to give them a reference point, your average strip mall restaurant whether it's chinese food mexican food whatever is probably 1500 square feet yeah i mean well for reference for your listeners in particular false idol and smuggler's cove are both about a thousand about a thousand there you go tiki cat is 1400 yeah 1400 tiki cat so that gives our listeners an idea we're at 17,000 square feet how big and how grand this space is so let's go back to the beginning. Let's take our listeners through an idea of what it took to find this space. Tell us about where you started looking and talk about that journey for a little bit. Where was the first place? Was it Austin? Austin. Yeah, so we, we decided that Austin needed a great tiki bar. Yeah. I have relatives in Austin. I've spent a lot of time there over the years. Martin's spent there, been there. We love the, the town. So we decided that would be <clears throat> just a great place to do kind of a tiki palace. And we made a couple trips to Austin. Uh, but we had a little more grandiose plans where we wanted to build our own building with the, with oh, the old yeah. A-frame design. So we were looking for vacant land. And 
Austin is a developer's dream city right now, and there's no vacant land available except for like multiple millions of dollars, like six million dollars for one acre. Wow! So we just couldn't make it work there. We tried. We, we even got uh, friends of ours in Austin helping us look, and just couldn't find a place. Wow! Yeah. So that was yeah. Once this kind of commitment started, um, yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> well. Yeah, yeah. So we'll just we'll move forward from there. But yeah, that was uh, I think Austin was yeah was first, and then I think was it Detroit after that? We were going to do something in Detroit. Yep. But then uh, I don't know. Things kind of changed. I decided I wanted to do it in California. I thought maybe California would be better. Don't forget Phoenix. <clears throat> we, we looked at Phoenix. We looked at Phoenix. <laughs> pretty seriously looked at Phoenix. Yeah. Um, and then Los Angeles area. Um, when I got you involved in that, actually, because yeah. we were going to do a documentary, documentary on the whole thing. But I was worried it would cost more than my... I, I just was not sure about my budget at that point. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So and There were a lot of problems with places like L.A. where, you know, uh, Mark and I saw a lot of uh, restaurant spaces. But, you know, it being Southern California, it being what people do in Southern California, a lot of it is like tremendous amounts of glass frontage. And to actually find a landlord who'd be willing to let you not only lease a space, sure. but completely wipe out all this glass frontage right, is right. something that a lot of landlords wouldn't be willing to, to, to deal with. Yeah. And we were really committed to the notion of doing it right, doing it old school, and that means no windows. And right. it means creating right. the there, transport of atmosphere. There's a really interesting aspect to it that I'm sure your listeners um, would be interested in, and that is that we seriously seriously considered and tried to negotiate on that old down the beachcomber yeah well word on the street was that someone was flew out from michigan to look at the old down the beachcomber (laughs) they Ah, actually said that and i said oh yeah i know exactly who that is (laughs) yes (laughs) tall fella yeah (laughs) Yeah. you might be talking to him later (laughs) that was a that was a kind of a heartbreaker because i thought right you know we thought we had a deal. We thought we had a deal. We thought we had uh, good support from the city because the community was, right. was uh, development friendly, ready to see that put to good use. We had even clearance for, I think it was six stories for the possibility of an actual hotel, t- hotel of a wow. large scale. With an underground or semi-underground parking, parking. garage. Wow. Semi-underneath, yeah. But taking over that space and inspecting that space, I... It, we, it needs a we, lot. We needed. Yeah. We want. We wouldn't. We didn't want to do it in the existing building. We wanted to tear down the building and rebuild, um, which meant that the landlord we couldn't lease it because he wouldn't allow us to tear it down. If we were okay. leasing, we had to buy it from him, and his asking price was crazy. That's too much. And he wouldn't come down, and um, we just couldn't. I know. I know. Mark might have actually just given a lot of the listeners a bit of a seizure when he said we wanted to tear it down. But uh, we can tell you from having inspected it very carefully that it's not salvageable. Yeah, I mean, we would save anything that was historically valuable right. in there. Of course. of course, we wouldn't. We wouldn't destroy any of the artifacts that were that are still in there. It was just um, the structure, the walls, the roof was really. Bad. I mean, you guys aren't exactly people that don't know about the history of Tiki, so I'm I'm sure it would have been done correctly and respectfully. So yeah. we would have put a similar looking building back up, like an yeah. A frame style building. Yeah. Wow, that's it's kind of a bummer that that didn't work out just for a, 
a lot of things. The historical value of that being the same space that Sam's Seafood was in. Absolutely. But also that it was easily accessible for guys like me. Yes. I'm <laughs> very sorry. <laughs> it's a bummer that it's so far away from where I live. I'm thinking selfishly right now, obviously, right? Because I'm telling you, the connections over Denver are a breeze. It's, a two, it's two stops from anywhere in California. Come to Grand Rapids. The airport here is super nice and small. It's easy. <laughs> so continuing on, you find this space. Tell me about the building that you guys built Max's in. So it's, uh, as we mentioned earlier, 17,000 square foot. It's on really four stories if you include the basement, which is where the kitchen is. So the, um, there's two stories of restaurant. The third, the upper level, is going to be our uh, boutique hotel. Right. Um, it's a vintage, or it's a historic building. It was built in 1884, I believe, or 94. Uh, it's 120 years old or so. And um, it's on the National Historic Register. Uh, we couldn't, because of that, it's... Um, we can't alter the exterior of the building in any way. Okay. Um, but with the interior, we could do you know whatever okay. we wanted to. So it was an Irish bar before this, and uh, with just you know exposed brick and um, smelled like old stale beer, yeah. and was all open. There was no intimacy to the seating or the layout. So we added a lot of walls and um, little cubby holes and things like that. And how did you get the building from <clears throat> the Irish bar? They weren't the making money, okay. and I just took over the lease for a dollar. Oh, nice. Yeah, including the liquor license. <laughs> really? Yeah, because mm -hmm. they were losing money. They just wanted out. They just wanted out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So it's it's almost like a fairytale situation because you're in this great old building with lots of character. It, it, it fits in the area, right? It's a walking area where you can go pub crawling and, and it's this close is to a, hotels. Yeah, this is a terrific nightlife district. Uh, the nice part is uh, Mark already has three other bars and restaurants right uh, within a block here. Um, Hopcat, Stella's, Grand Rapids Brewing Company, if it's part of his other company. And we're across the street from Van Andel Arena, which I think is about 12,000 seat. Um, there's this giant new retail development called Studio Park down the street. The nice thing is, yeah, there's a lot of great foot traffic. There's a lot of energy on the streets around here at night. And we're um, a really a complimentary concept because there's nothing like this uh, in Grand Rapids or really most other places either. And uh, so I think we, uh, we fit in really well as just another great dining destination option for people in Grand Rapids. And this is a really busy uh busy convention city too okay. huge yeah. convention center lots of conferences of all stripes come out here so i think there's, there's and there's a tremendous number of hotel rooms as a result all around us there's that literally what two thousand like i think that. hotel rooms within yeah. three blocks of us Very nice. so it's uh easy everything's easy and on foot and it's a really nicely it's some beautiful architecture. Our, the building we're in, I mean, it's I, obviously the exterior is historic and protected and not tiki in the slightest, but it's beautiful. It's a gorgeous building. Yeah, it's building. beautiful. Yeah, it's you really pretty. You can call productive. it up on Google Maps. You know, yeah. Anybody can look at it on Google Maps. And you can see the gargoyles. Yeah. The gargoyles. Oh, I need to go out and look you, at the gargoyles. You need to see I the did, gargoyles. look at the gargoyles. Yeah. Okay. Six feet tall up on the roof. Really? They're yeah. huge. Wow. Oh, I got to go out there yes. and look yeah. at them. One of them's eyes glow at night. It's very spooky. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is that purpose? The, the, <laughs> the, the last place way? did it, yeah. yeah. I think the last restaurant yeah. did it, yeah. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So let's talk about the build now because I want to go back to the Jordan Rychek collection. Yeah. For our listeners that don't know, Jordan is somebody from the LA area that had amassed a large number of historical tiki's from 
uh, Mill and Guanco to things from Trader Vic's, from um, you name it. You, you guys can tell me more about that. But he had this art show at Lelou's. How many years ago is that? Two, two, two. October of 17. At, so, so two years ago this month. Almost to this day or this week or this, yeah. this month. Yeah. And this art show was not only to showcase this selection, but he made each of these pieces available. And I think the first day, a few pieces sold, and then on the second day, they all sold <laughs> to one person. Right? <laughs> and I was there covering that show, and there were rumors swirling that it was someone else, and then there were rumors swirling that it was Mark. So I asked Mark specifically <laughs> on camera, yeah. so, hey, Mark, the rumor is that you bought all this stuff. <laughs> and he steered me away from that, right? Which is great. I mean, I, I completely understand why he did that. But it's really neat to see because what, at first, you know, the fear is that some deep pocket collector buys this. No one ever gets to enjoy it anymore. Right, right. But it's all here. It's all here. You know, um, Mark and I were already deep in the process. We had already started the hunt. We were already looking at various cities okay. before that show happened. Okay. And Mark was already actively uh, collecting new and current artists in the scene already. So yes. Doing mugs and paintings and everything else. So when the show came up and I saw it, yeah, I, I, I got the, the sneak peek. I, the, I got the PDF and the sale price of the show. And I was looking at the artifacts. And I said, this was so incredible. I know I apologize if people have heard this story before, but it's a good one. Tell it, tell it. Um, so so I, we were looking and I thought, oh, this is a great chance to add some historic pieces to whatever we're gonna end up building. So I saw the thing and I, and I saw, particularly my eyes fell on these 16 Konakai uh, railing post tiki's. Right. And I thought, boy, I hate to see those get broken up. They right, should be right. kept together as a set and used again for their stated purpose. And so I called Mark, I said, hey, look, I'm gonna send you the PDF before the show goes on sale. Check this out, check out those posts. You gotta grab them. Grab those posts and keep them together. He says, okay, okay, I'll, I'll call the gallery. I said, all right. And I call him back and I said, did you, did you get him? He says, I got it. <laughs> And I said, I said, I said, oh, I said, what do you mean it? I, I, I said, did you get, I said, did you get them? Did you get the post? He said, no, I got it. I said, what's it? He said, I bought the whole show. Right. And I, I actually dropped my phone on the floor and I said like, oh, wait, wait, what do you, what do you mean you bought the whole show? Um, I was, I was, I was, at least I, I was lucky, <laughs> lucky that I, I pre-shopped, I bought seven things before I sent them the PDF and right, called right. them, so I, yeah. like, I, grabbed, I, the, I grabbed a little so bit. So you got something yourself. I got seven yeah. pieces, of th there, three of them are in the cove right now, but, um, but yeah, and so I just thought, well, this is amazing, you know, this is going to give us, this is going to give us just the, the backbone for something that is now going to let us really tell a story about the continuity of the movement. We can talk yes. about now. We can really talk about not just where this. We can start about talk about where this movement came from, and where it's where it is today. And I think that's the best part of and what side we do by here. side, people side by it. side, fully integrated with each other, classic right. and modern pieces to tell. You know, we're going to take you on the whole arc of, yeah. this, of this movement. You know what the funny addendum to that story is? Martin and I were just in the storage area yesterday, which is. Uh, adjacent to the restaurant and uh 
we were looking around to see what was still left of there, and those sixteen posts we never used them. We haven't used so, them. Oh, that's we funny. Used ev- almost every single other item from Jordan Rightcheck in this restaurant. When you come here, you'll see them all. But we didn't. We never did use the posts. <laughs> Couldn't find a good home for them. That's so, hilarious. They're still here. They'll, they'll find a home someday. We'll, we'll but, use yeah. them at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe put them in the Airbnb. We'll talk about it. Oh, well. But yes, we were just looking at them. They're so nice. Anyway, so they fit very well in the space. I also wondered, like, oh, how are they going to do this, you know, and mix it with all the new? And it actually blends very well together. When we walk around the space, what I love about what you've done here is that you have different rooms that are themed in different ways. So you have this main bar, you have this, can we call it a Whitco bar? We'll call atomic, it, the, it's, yeah. it's, his name the is palm, the Atomic Lounge. And the yes. Atomic Lounge, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's modeled after a Palm Springs mid-century tiki mix yeah right and yeah. Then, a, lot of, a lot of Whitco stuff in a lot of Whitco there. stuff in there you go upstairs and then it has a very Mai Kai feel to it yes very nautical you have a, a bar that's the shape of a ship's prow or a ship mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Uh, it even has the um, the masthead the yeah mer- the mermaid, mermaid masthead, masthead on it, yeah. so let's talk about all the the different spaces here and how you guys came up with that because even the booths are all themed differently. They are. They are. And I, and I wanted to sit in the Doug Horn themed booth because just in in, in respect to our friend Doug Horn, right? Yes. I don't even know if Doug knows that he's got a booth. I don't. Yet. I haven't told him. I forgot to tell him. <laughs> oh, so I'm so busy. So he'll find out when he listens to if he yeah. listens to. I don't even know if he listens to the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. Won't we? <laughs> we'll find out. But um, I, I I thought I'd pick this one so that some of the other artists that have booths here, you know, I'm not picking favorites, you know, <laughs> so, uh, so I'm neutral. But talk about how you guys themed out each of the rooms and each of the spaces. I think from day one, we talked about the notion of, I mean, kind of, it's almost had that checklist. What is, what, what, what's every iconic element and how do we put them in there? Number, you know, we gotta have a water feature. We gotta have some some jungle material. We gotta have, we wanna have a little bit of that nautical stuff. So it is that, I think we really wanted to make it a showcase of everything that's happened, at least as much as was practical to do. Um, and so so each room has a different feel that is shaped by artists and is shaped by past previous things that both of us have done. Um, I think we've all both had great success in past ventures with huts in spaces mm-hmm. because it really helps to do that wonderful transition from the grand to the intimate when you walk in and your jaw hits the floor but then you go get to sit somewhere cozy that notion of being kind of blown away but then feeling sheltered in a hut um mark had great success in uh, kansas city at tiki cat by uh, doing up the huts in this in these kind of really comfortable low mid-century uh furniture pieces and coffee table height tables which are are, are really fun and 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 uh Groups really respond well to. I love spaces. that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, they're super. They're super cozy. So we have, so we mix that together. So some places are loungy, low. Some places are formal dining height in the huts. Yeah. Um, keep going. What do yeah. we got? Some some things just naturally came together. Like I had exactly enough Mookie Sato artwork to cover the walls of one hut, and so all that we have a we have a Mookie hut here. Yeah, you guys, a Mookie, hut, a Mookie yeah. hut booth. Just like the Doug Horn booth. Yeah. yeah. And we got a shag booth. We got a shag booth. Yeah. And the Atomic Lounge. Yes. The, the Atomic Lounge. The atomic Lounge. So the Palm yeah, that, Springs I mean, space is very much, it feels like a mid-century Palm Springs tiki space. And that uh, holds 22 people. So And there's a, there's a separate bar in there so you can 
right. sit at the bar or at a table in that in that small room. But I had exactly as much Whitco as would fit on the walls, and no more. I mean, I, it was almost like it was meant to be. You know? yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. Whitco and, and Ken Pleasant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Ken Pleasant too. Yeah. So, let's talk about the drinks. Yeah. They're okay. <laughs> Damn you, Silks. <laughs> so, it must have been a challenge to bring Applebee's in here and do the cocktails for you guys. <laughs> you know, and it's well, that, we can that, serve that, the $1 Mai Tais. Yeah, the $1 Mai Tais. They're hot pink. They're so good. Uh, the blue zombies mm-hmm, with the eyeball, the floating exactly. eyeball in it. Well, the secret is the Malibu. That's what, really, that's what ties it together. <laughs> no, just um, to Applebee's. All right. Let's not, I'm take that back. However. Just to Malibu. They'll all stand by that. Um, but... So yeah, so the drink menu. Um, so a couple things had to happen on the drink menu. A couple stories had to be told. Number one, you know you're coming to a new community that has no past tiki bar experience. There's no other Grand Rapids never really had a proper tiki bar even historically. So you're already saying, okay, what are going to be the greatest hits? What are the most important classic cocktails to help tell a story to a new community that wants to learn about these things? Whoa, whoa my, my ties are supposed to be pink and slushy. No, they're not. My ties are, you know, don't have to tell your listeners what a my tie is. But right. we wanted to make sure we had a classic arrangement of proper um, iconic classics. And that was created by either, you know, all the, the ample opportunities I've got across five venues to. To, to know sure. what are the most crowd pleasing drinks, sure. um, and you know, and the sales data to back that up. So it, so that was a, a thoughtful thing. The second thing is of course working on house originals. So the first thing I did was what um, as we're making house originals, what are Michigan's uh, strengths in terms of great ingredients locally, and landed on three things. Michigan is famous for its apples, so we've got some terrific local apple cider on, and we use the apple cider in a drink. Uh, Michigan's famous for its blueberries. We have a great locally made blueberry liqueur in one of the drinks. And Michigan's famous for maple syrup, which they make outstanding maple syrup here, which is great. A classic ingredient from the from the from the golden era. So we can make it with local syrup and really and really uh, tout that proudly. So classics, a nice modern section, and then I took something that we've had a lot of success with at Holly Pele, and actually took all the coconut drinks and kind of separated them into a little area we call it Coconut Corner. And so Coconut Corner is just a way. I don't know why it necessarily needed to be separated, but it, it actually, a lot of people really either gravitate immediately to the coconut drink right. or they don't want it. So there it is. So, so I get a lot Segregated of shit for coconut. this. <laughs> I get a lot of shit for liking coconut drinks. Yeah, right? nothing wrong I, with I love them. them. Yeah. Either you like them or you hate them, I'm assuming, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's helpful to have it separated because yes. the people that hate it know that I, we just ignore the drinks in this corner and the people yeah. that love it know that all their favorite drinks are in this corner. Yeah. And the best, uh, the, the thing I love about the coconut corner too is that it's not just, your mind immediately just thinks they're all going to be sweet, but they're not. There's some really balanced oh. ones with some citrus in there. You like your blue Hawaii. It's nice and balanced. Your, um, your uh, uh, um, trade winds, great drink. And uh, the Angostura Colada. Uh, is in there, so it's you know a pina colada with a whole ounce of Angostura bitters in it. A whole ounce. It's so good. Wow. It's so yeah, it good. Really it's is. crushably delicious drink. Oh, I'm gonna have to try yeah, that yeah. one tonight. Yeah. Forty-five drinks on the cocktail menu. Okay. That's oh, a pretty large menu. Yeah. Yeah, the Angostura colada is the only only drink not that's created from sort of outside of, of the modern era. That's not by myself or by Jeremy, my bar manager. It's a bartender in New York made it. I think, and it's on the menu at. Uh, they have it on the menu at uh, Trader Sam's okay. in, in Anaheim. It's a beautiful menu. 
I think, yeah, thank you for letting me steal one last night. Sure. <laughs> Wait, what? Thanks for letting us know. We're going to do it. Well, yeah, I told Mark, yeah, I'm stealing this menu. <laughs> and, I, and I told Martin, I, and I had it in the, in the bag, and I, yeah. Martin too, knew too. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, Mark said I could steal this menu. I'm, ta- I'm taking this menu. And Martin graciously said, of course you're, you're stealing a menu. I want you to steal a yeah. menu. So, so thank you guys for that. I want Adrian to steal a menu. Our <laughs> but everybody else out there, host, yeah, you people that are coming in here, story ends. You enjoy the menu, but you don't walk out for their menus. <laughs> we don't encourage stealing. <laughs> what was it like to train the bartenders into these classic cocktails? Because this is really more of a beer town, right? Yeah, it's a it's, it's a brewery kind it's of beer city, yes. USA. So the craft cocktail thing must have been a kind of odd for them, right? Well. Already, there's a couple of terrific craft cocktail bars. Not a huge scene okay. here, but there's a couple of really good ones in town. And so uh, we uh, were able to attract a lot of really good talent, people who'd already be wor- working. So they're responsive to that. I was yeah. curious how they accepted that or re- responded to that because, you know, sometimes it's, oh, this is too much work or, you know, I know a shortcut. I could do this. I could do this faster, or I could do this cheaper. Why are we doing this? Right, right, right. Well, fortunately, yeah, again, a lot of them are already used to craft cocktails, okay. so it's not too alien to have some labor-intensive drinks. But, you know, they're also here because they're really excited about the concept, and they're really excited about the opportunity to do something different. That is not just a personal challenge to them that helps them grow as a bartender, but it's a kind of drinks that are really well-received by guests. You know, I mean, it's, it's really fun when you're a bartender and you get to put this thing down, and it's a mug, or it's elaborately garnished, or whatever it is. And it's really, it's really a great, op- you know, that's where the guest really smiles. And that feels good when you're attending bar. You, know, because you drop that and it's not like, oh, thank you for the drink. It's, whoa, yeah, that's cool. Look at that thing. That's part yeah. of the immersive experiential. Absolutely. It's in a 22-ounce snifter. Look at the yeah, size yeah. of this that's, thing. That's the whole concept of being in an immersive space. And I don't want to just talk about the cocktails, but I had some excellent food last night. Mm-hmm. And so let me throw out what a, a couple of things that I had. The poo-poo platter, mm-hmm. the ribs, the crab rangoon. Mm-hmm. Holy mother of God. Real crab. So, real crab. Tons of real crab. <laughs> like 80% crab and then 20% skin and cream cheese. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And, and it's all crab. And I, I made a joke last night to your lovely wife, Rebecca, that when I take a bite into this crab rangoon, I feel like I'm tasting Pier 39 in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's, and it's very flavorful. It is it is probably the best crab rangoon I've ever had. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, chef really one. You know, chef uh, chef Joe Peebles is from um, Florida and has a you know really good uh, understanding of working with with seafood in particular. And uh, just said, yeah, I'm gonna put like a drop of cream cheese in this and just use tons of jump uh, jumbo lump blue crab yeah. in it. And uh, it's it's yeah, it is. It's no 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 crab it's, with no crab with a K. <laughs> It's spectacular. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and no Krabby Patties. No Krabby Patties. <laughs> no Krabby Patties. <laughs> it's spectacular. And then one of the things that I enjoyed, too, was the desserts that oh, you man. guys served. Sure. You guys have this, it's kind of like the s'mores. I don't know the name of that. It's like creating s'mores, campfire, right? Like campfire, campfire s'mores, campfire. right? Yeah. We, we all love our flaming drinks, our, our flaming bowls and, and that kind of stuff. But we have like a flaming dessert now. Yeah. <laughs> we, we actually had a, a homemade marshmallow. We make the marshmallows in-house and we have a little uh, pot of chocolate. Um, you melt your marshmallow over the fire using a stick and then uh, you have graham, homemade graham crackers. You mix the chocolate and the marshmallow and the graham crackers together and you make a s'mores right at the table. Yeah. That's great. It's genius. Yeah. Cherrywood smoke smells terrific. 
In fact, even uh, uh, Chef actually had a, a stamp made of, of a little tiki face, and he actually he like actually makes a little pattern on the graham I'm crackers. Gl- I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that because yeah. they are on the crackers. Yeah, it looks great. And so for all of you guys out there that are saying s'mores aren't tiki. <laughs> okay, s'mores aren't tiki, but you're going to enjoy the experience. Put a tiki on the graham cracker and now s'mores are tiki. <laughs> <laughs> if it has tiki on it, it should have tiki in it. That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> a, a popular adage. I, I enjoyed my time at the bar last night. I got really comfortable and I sat next to Jerry. And we want to give Jerry a shout out because Jerry is going to be doing the mugs for you guys now. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to be speaking with Jerry later on today. I'm going to be interviewing him for the podcast. But just to give people a little bit of an idea, Jerry has been doing ceramics his whole life. Mm-hmm. And he's got a studio back here where he's going to be doing you guys' mugs. I think people who are, who are familiar with Max's already know that you guys have this kiln-to-table concept, which is it's new. I don't think anybody's ever done that before. The last time it was done that we know of was the Kahiki for a period okay. had a kiln in its basement. But that's been a long, long time. Um, the Kahiki probably hadn't done it since the 70s. Um, this was um, um, one of as we were going through all these ideas and thinking about what we wanted to do and what we wanted to achieve. And we were thinking about, uh, of course, we were thinking about these long lead times on import mugs, too. And Mark said... Why don't we just build our own ceramic studio? And I, my jaw hit the floor, and I just said, "That is the best idea." And uh, and uh, we have to do this now. So Jerry is uh, Jerry is yeah a lifelong ceramicist, and uh, and uh, he's going to be heading up the studio. And it's really it's so say a world class three brand yeah. new modern kilns firing right now. He's making these terrific looking poo poo platters for us, which you saw yeah, last he, night. He was he pointed those out to me. Yeah. And then uh, I got a magnet, a refrigerator yeah, magnet. Yeah, I got yeah. a, I got a pendant that he made, a ceramic pendant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Jerry's yeah, just people, having fun back people there. People can't see a picture of Jerry on this podcast, but um, <laughs> he, he's a, a quite an interesting looking so. character. He's, we, we call him the Rainbow. Prof- well, he calls himself, he calls himself the himself. Rainbow Professor, but yeah. he looks kind of like just uh, kind of like Jerry Garcia a little bit. Well, right? so it's funny you say that because <laughs> when I meet people for the first time, I try to associate their names with something to help me remember their name. And I thought of Jerry Garcia. I thought of Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. And so oh, that's right. how I, this one, when you look at Jerry, you're like, oh, yeah, because Jerry, I see oh, it. Yeah. I yeah. totally see it. Yeah. Right. Super nice, talkative guy. Yeah, so yes. it'll be interesting to yeah, hear yeah. his story, you know? So, and I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to seeing the ceramics studio. I will tell you about Jerry. He's a great ceramicist. He doesn't have a tiki background specifically. So we've, we're teaching him um, the tiki. I mean, I had him read the book of tiki and I had him read Martin's book and just kind of start to become i had him go on ooga mooga and just yeah, search yeah. around different mugs we're trying to you know really get him well versed in the tiki um design aesthetic but um, we also plan to use a lot of outside artists to design the mugs sure, and then yeah. jerry will make the mugs based sure. on the designs of these artists and so along that line and i don't know if i should be spoiling this i'm going to tell our listeners anyway last night i had the opportunity to sit at the bar with Jerry and Gecko together and watch those two talk about ceramics, which was great. And so along that line, today part of what I'm hopefully going to get to see, which they promised me last night, is Gecko and Jerry pouring one of the Gecko's mugs out in a mold that Gecko brought over for Jerry to work with for some of the new mugs here. Yep. You're going to do that today, I think, right? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So today. should... Is, yeah. Can I say that to our listeners? Yeah, for sure. sure. Yes. Yeah, so neener, neener. So. Neener, neener. It's a, it's a nice, that's an exciting moment for us. That's going to be a landmark moment for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So I'm excited to see that. 
tell us about the future of Maxis. I know it's not done yet. <laughs> well, you you know the rules. No good tiki bar is ever done. So that's I, I think. In fact, I was just coming down from talking with Notch upstairs, and I have uh, nineteen to do lists, which are probably not going to happen in the next forty eight hours. But you know, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll work on that. But yeah, it's um, uh, there's still, of course, yeah. The the main thing is, I mean, it's it's ninety nine percent there. But I mean, the main thing is for next year is Airbnb. That's um, what I was leading hotel, up to. Yeah. yeah. So. As we said, yeah, the hotel idea came, it went, it came back. I'm glad it's back. Upstairs is ready for five rooms. They're already uh, framed out. They just need to be built. Uh, we need some people to enjoy some poo-poo platters, like a lot. Right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Buy that second drink, people. Yeah, so please have the second round. It gets us closer to the hotel rooms. Um, and then, uh, uh, but, you know, the five rooms, uh, Mark's uh, collected five uh, Whitco Tiki bars. So every room will have its own nice. Whitco bar in it. Um, there's a... Um, um, one room will be slightly larger, kind of a, a more of a suite with a sitting area. But we're going to work. Uh, Jeremy, my bar manager, and I are going to work together and do some batched uh, cocktails in the room. So oh. you'll actually be able to have uh, drinks in the room as well. Um, what, what a nice touch! Yeah, it'll be fun. So it'll be a little nightcap. It's uh, you know. The, so it's safe yeah. to assume that it's going to look like this space here yeah i mean it, it probably won't have as much sort of some of like we've got acres of, of fairly delicate tapa but i don't think we'll do that but uh, just to, to avoid wear and tear on it but yeah. uh but uh in general yeah in fact we've 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 discussed the possibility of having uh each room designed by an individual artist and oh, actually having nice. themed rooms kind of go a little madonna in on this and make sure i was about to ask if i could pee into a waterfall yes uh no no <laughs> Please do not pee in the water feature <laughs> here at Max's. Thank no, well, you. I mean like at the Madonna uh, Inn. They, yeah. they have a water feature that you can pee into a waterfall, yes. right? Yes. So, yeah. And if you guys are curious about that, go to the Madonna Inn. You don't even have to rent a room to do that. You can use a men's restroom. It's true. Yeah, yeah down yeah. in the basement, and yeah. you can pee in the waterfall. That's, that's, that's what the urinals are. It's just a giant waterfall. So, well, let me stop and say thank you for sending me out here. I was hoping that I'd get to stay in one of the Airbnbs. Next year. Next year. For our one year anniversary. I'm looking forward to that. For all of our listeners that want to come and see this space, why don't we throw out all the information, the address, social media, where they can make reservations, and go to maxistiki.com. Maxistiki.com. All will be revealed there. I mean, everything's there. The address, directions, reservation link, uh, photographs, bio on people on some of the people great pictures of the food and the drink all the menus yeah pictures Mm -hmm. so yeah maxistiki.com and if you guys haven't figured it out yet the desert oasis room highly endorses max's south seas hideaway and i recommend that you make reservations because today every seat is full it is booked from opening until closing tonight Sold out in 48 minutes. Sold out in 48 minutes. There you go. The only other thing that does that is Tiki Oasis. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's Springsteen concerts. And Bruce, yeah. well, yeah, I guess. I wouldn't know. I, I, I don't go to Bruce Springsteen concerts, but. <laughs> Born to and Tiki Aki Orchestra concerts. <laughs> Tie it back to your listeners. Yeah. There we go. Tie it back to Tiki. So uh, thanks again, you guys. I appreciate this so much. And if you guys have any questions, comments, or just want to leave a shout out, hit up our group page inside the Desert Oasis room on Facebook. Check these guys out on Instagram. Yep. Maxis Tiki. Maxis right? Tiki At Maxis Tiki. Uh-huh. And come down to Grand Rapids. We're, we're, it's about half a million people. I mean, it's a decent-sized city. <laughs> and to give you guys an idea of what you're going to see, 
Again, 17,000 square feet. This is a $3 million build, and it is every bit that glamorous. When you walk in here, you're going to be amazed. You're going to be amazed. So thanks again, you guys. You're very welcome. And Thank you. Let's get back to our cocktails. I love it. All right. Cheers. Cheers.